Hey everyone, welcome to the first season of my podcast. I'm your host, Aves Khan, aka AK. And in this season, I talk to professionals from all over the world and allow them to share some of their pro tips and some incredible stories. In this episode, I talk to a master technology consultant and we talk about what it's like to be a consultant in the technology space these days. I also want to ask him what he thinks about formal education and his views on failure. So stay tuned for this very dynamic discussion and enjoy. All right, Marcos De Silva. How's it going? Hello. <laughs> I'm well. How are you? So it's it's good to see you, man. It's been it's been a long time. I think I met you about a year, more than a year ago now. It's definitely pre-COVID. Pre-COVID. People tend yeah. people tend to uh, collapse COVID into like a day, uh, but I think it might have been uh, almost a year before COVID. Uh, maybe I'm I'm uh, off there, but uh, a little bit before COVID, and then of course. Um, yeah. the rest of that other stuff and this in the series of podcasts i'm planning to talk to professionals people in all sorts of careers and the idea is to learn from them hear their stories and you know maybe help our audience decide and learn what a specific career is about so uh we're here to talk about a career yeah. field that we're both a part of and i thought that would be the nice way to get started before i go to the lawyers and the doctors who i have you know no idea about i, I want you to do the astronaut one personally i'd, I'd love to hear that one but uh, that's a well, conversation for another day I, i'm not an astronaut so you're not going to interview me but uh, i'd like to see uh see that happen I'll, I'll reach out to neil degrasse tyson if i can uh, Fine. really <laughs> whoever, you, whoever you can find it's a small field but uh let's see it's a fun field yeah, absolutely um so technology consulting it's it's not a one of the top three professions when you when you talk to a 15 year old and you ask them mm. who do you want to be uh you would rarely hear someone say i want to be a consultant can you talk about what a technology consultant is you know what's what's their job like what what would they be doing in a day a normal work day absolutely so you know, I don't, I'm not, I agree with you that uh, it's not uh, a profession that has a very well-established um, brand, right? Um, people don't really know what it is necessarily, right? Um, so I, I'm not sure that I wanted to be a technology consultant either. At least it wasn't the prestige of it or the name of it, the brand, if you will, that attracted me to it. I kind of, in some sense, fell into it. I'll describe how and why, right? But it wasn't a plan that I, ah, I want to be a technology consultant. Now, what was planned about it was, um, I guess, the technology part, right? I really enjoy solving problems with technology period, and also with technology, solving problems, mm -hmm. and then, of course, solving sol solving problems with technology. And look, in these days, um, that tends to be heavily software-focused, right? You can do so much with software. You know, in my university uh, 
career, I played around a little bit with hardware. Uh, I did a computer science uh, undergraduate degree, but mm-hmm. um, there was a little bit, uh, an opportunity to, to play around with hardware. I found that the, the cycle time, the ability to iterate, to make changes and see the progress and make changes and see the progress with software was just better suited to my personality because you could really innovate really quickly, build something quick. And in that sense, I was getting that, oh, wow, it works. You know, I, I still right. to this day get that sense of joy when you write a program of some sort and it works, right? Sometimes so, you, you, quick, you know, quick, you, quick note here. You're not a programming, cro- programmer now, right? You're, you're the director yeah. of analytics and you're, you've, you've had those years and you've sort of spent more than 10 years now in the field. What's uh, close, what's a day like now. for? Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> uh, what's what's a day at work like for a consultant? What is, what is the guy doing? It depends a little bit on seniority, to be honest. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a, a more junior person, uh, for, you know, a consultant, a technology consultant that's more on the junior side, he or she, of course, um, you tend to be given tasks by the more senior members of the team to solve a problem right and usually the 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 turnaround time meaning the problem they give you and when they expect an answer back is measured in hours to days that's maybe one way to look at it right they're going to give you Mm -hmm. something like okay here's what i want you to do i expect you to come back you know in six hours in eight hours in 12 hours 20 hours whatever that is that could be you know, it depends on, there are subfields within technology consulting, but depending on the area that you're in, you're gonna likely write some sort of a program or, you know, do some analysis on what a program should look like, right? right. As you move up in seniority, in, you know, at that in that sense, it's the same, right? Except that the turnaround time is gonna be much longer, right? The more senior, senior roles, it might be a year right? Like in the sense that mm-hmm. the problem you're trying to solve might take a team of people a year to come back and give the client the answer. Of course, there are phases, there are intermediate deliverables, but you know, your, your horizon, your scope of, of, of problem that you're trying to solve might be, you know, really big. That's one, in one way, how seniority changes what you're working on. But if you look at it that way, it's the same sort of thing, right? Where you're, Right. Uh, now, there's another angle that I think it's important because there's uh, there's a few dimensions, right, where the work will change. It's that, you know, return time, like how long you have to work on the problem. The other is the level of thing you're designing. And what I mean mm-hmm. by that is in the more u- junior roles, you're usually designing something that is interacting with maybe the work of one other person could be like a mm-hmm. function that you're designing that someone else is going to be using or a program that someone else is using and so on and so forth. So right. the touch points are generally speaking smaller. As you move up in seniority, you're then architecting systems potentially. You're designing systems that might have dozens, you know, hundreds potentially of people that are working on building it out, right? So the scope of design and the it also changes. But if you look at it in terms of those two dimensions, pretty much every you know technology consultant sits somewhere in that you know seniority uh, hierarchy 
but you're writing programs, I mean, in, in, or, or designing them, which is, you know, kind of same, uh, depending on how you look at it. That That's a, that's a great way to put it. I and mean, I didn't really think about it that way because I can only think about what I've done so far and I'm mm. two years into this industry. So seeing how the, the, the level of effort and the, t- the nature of the task or the objective changes as you go up. That's a very interesting right. point. But as a, as a starter, I was always thinking, you know, defining consulting, we're not really building a product. We're helping other businesses uh, achieve their goals. So the, the, the distinction here for someone who's new to this field or maybe they're exploring it, uh, the distinction is, you know, we're no a startup that's working on creating a product like Netflix or Apple. We're not creating stuff. We're helping other businesses uh, in their problems that are mostly for us related to technology. Um, And that's, that's where the distinction is, right? Yeah. You know, I I think 95% of technology consultants, uh, one of the challenges with technology consulting for myself and other people that I've spoken to in the past is that, um, you know, you're brought in to solve a piece of the puzzle, yeah. as you put it, right? To address a piece of the puzzle, maybe a hard piece, maybe a long piece, whatever, a piece of the puzzle. But mm-hmm. oftentimes you don't get to see the entire puzzle, right? Because once right. you solve that piece, once you address that piece, you're on to the next puzzle. Yeah, And that can be a problem for people. Like there's a, a, a rate of change and um, a lack of um, consistency of team and, and of work, right? And, uh, you know, being able to see things through that depending on your personality could be exciting. And that mm-hmm. to that personality type, it could be great. Oh, wow, I'm always working yeah. on something new. It's exciting. You know, I'm yeah. uh, for other people that can be a little disappointing, right? Because they're not getting that adrenaline at the very end of, oh, look, it's done, yeah. right? The puzzle's yeah. complete. So that that's absolutely true. You know, that's a huge yeah. part of of what we do as technology consultants. And uh, it can be a problem for some people if, uh, depending on what they're looking to get out of their job. Right, yeah, the, that's that's the perfect way to define it. We're, we're as consultants, we jump into problems. Uh, we know very little about what was happening before. And we know very little about what's going to happen after we we go. So we come in, we solve a piece of puzzle, and then boom, we go to the other client, right. and we do the same thing, which is going to be completely different. Um, you know, it could be a completely different project, completely different skills and work. So some yeah. people would enjoy that. Uh, other people would might get frustrated, thinking, you know, I like what I do, and I don't want to change it sure. too much. Um, yeah, re- related to that, I'll just add one thing. You know, uh, as a technology consultant, as a consultant in general, but in particular in technology consulting, it's really hard to really master anything, right? You you kind of get to a point that you maybe know something up to like 80%, however you define that. But the point is you're, mm-hmm. you, you always know there's more. There's a meaningful amount left. And, uh, you know, that that's another point, right, is that you kind of only learn the tools, the, the techniques, the methodologies, the best practices to a certain point in general. Of course, there can be exceptions. And sometimes people really get a lot of value from mastery. Mm -hmm. You might not get that as a consultant, right? Yeah. Um, What you do is mostly directed by 
the nature of the work that's thrown exactly. at you sometimes. Uh, and you have little to no control at times when things are busy about what you want to do with your skill set. You exactly. won't necessarily have the freedom to grow and learn exactly uh, the types of technologies that you like. You know, And I see right. that a lot in data scientists. They're like, we're data scientists. We want to do this one thing. We want to focus on this one kind of problem. And you don't see those problems happening uh, too often, right? So. Right. You have to be you have to be flexible about it. So that's the nature of the work that we do. Um, how did Absolutely. you how did you get started? So back to your backstory. How did you land into this? In in, t in technology consulting. Into technology consulting, yeah. Yeah. So I, I you know I, I started out in technology. I, I liked computer science. I liked solving uh, programs. And I started out actually working for. Uh, for the Bank of Montreal here in, in, in Toronto. And I worked mm -hmm. there for close to eight years. And, um, you know, that, that the way that I described it earlier in terms of increasing seniority and increasing design uh, scope, mm -hmm. I live that, right? Um, right? And then at some point, you know, uh, I mean, this is, it takes us a little bit on the tangent uh, and, and maybe it's related, but, uh, you know, I'll, I'll just tease it. And then if we want to expand on it, we can, you know, I decided that I wanted to get my MBA. Um, and I just, and I did while you were working. So you were in working yeah, for after, uh, after for having, yeah, exactly. I had been working for about eight years at the bank of Montreal. Um, and I decided that it's mostly because especially in, in a, in a bank, as opposed to working for, say, a technology company, mm -hmm. you know, I became frustrated that uh, technology decisions were being made by people who I felt uh, were, one, frankly, not making good decisions, but, you know, didn't really mm -hmm. understand technology well. And those people uh, had at times MBAs, but uh, but with, with different backgrounds, right? Um, so I felt like there was a gap there and I, I really thought, okay, I can really differentiate myself and, and provide value by, by being able to both speak intelligently and provide value on the technology side, as well as the business side. I didn't have that ability without the MBA because I had been so technical prior to that, that the MBA helped to broaden my, um, my capabilities. And it's interesting because, you know, at the time it wasn't thinking of technology consulting, right? I was thinking of mm -hmm. staying in, in banking potentially or, or in industry, right. but it turns out that that's a very useful combination of like say an MBA and a, and a, a technical degree for mm -hmm. consulting, technology consulting. Uh, so I was kind of laying the groundwork, not necessarily realizing that I was laying the groundwork for, for becoming a technology consultant. Um, and then, you know, I continued with the MBA. I, I finished it. I happened to move to a, a different organization in, in the healthcare space, uh, right. but not in consulting. I was working as a as a as an employee of that of that organization. Um, and then at one point, um, I was just talking to a, a, a friend uh, who was in technology mm -hmm. consulting. And long story short, he just sort of suggested, you know, you really should try this. Like, I, I think there's there's an opportunity for you uh, within technology consulting. And then, you know, I just took it and, yeah. uh, and, and I've been in the, in this world for about five years now. So, um, you know, so far so good. So uh, I want to talk about 
education and degrees. So you mentioned mm. getting your computer science and then getting your MBA seven, eight years later. MBAs are getting a lot of reputation for not being modern anymore. People like Elon Musk, you hear, you know, give statements saying college is overrated and all of those things. I highly disagree with those statements, but um, what's the role of education? And I mean education in the sense of having degrees, specific degrees. Everyone goes through this in their life lifespan, right? Uh, what's right. the role of education and having a certain degrees um, and being a consultant and being a technology consultant? Right. Um, you know, I, I think the answer is a little, I think it's very, very valuable as mm -hmm. a technology consultant. Uh, and I'll explain why I believe that. I think it's maybe less so in general and I'll maybe expand on that if you'd like, but you know, related to technology consulting, the reason that the degrees can be very helpful, extremely helpful is because remember we spoke about earlier how, Hey, you solve a, a particular puzzle piece, then you move on to the next one. You move on to the next one. You move on to the next mm -hmm. one. Yep. The process of moving on to the next one ultimately requires someone to sell the idea that this consultant or this consulting company has the necessary skills to solve that mm -hmm. problem. Every new client, that process has to happen, right? And what the degrees do, whether, you know, whether you, it makes it easier to sell it, basically. Not to say you can't do it without it, yeah. but most organizations, most clients of, of, of a consulting organization would look at someone and I'm not even passing judgment on whether they they should or shouldn't or, but honestly they do. If they see someone that has an MBA and they have a degree in computer science, they're going to look yeah. at that person and they're going to say, probably this person does have the skills needed to solve my little puzzle piece. So in that sense, that it helps greatly with that part yeah. of the process. Getting recognition, yeah. like getting in, yeah. exactly. getting at the door. Yeah, getting. But I also the door. think. Because you were about to make a point, and I started thinking about something else. And I think um, with consulting, because you're doing smaller problems for shorter periods of time, it's kind of what you're doing at college in a semester. You're spending Absolutely. four months on a very specific uh, task at hand, and you've got yep. like five courses. You have to manage these in, in four months. Uh, there will be challenges and tests along the way, and I'll eventually get... So you're learning something, not... The thing itself, because my degree, I was learning circuits and and, yeah. and math. I don't do that stuff anymore. But what I learned from all that experience, having those degrees, was managing work, solving problems, and 100%. then having those skills as transferable as possible when you get into your career. Now, people hate on college saying, you know, I'm not going to use algebra at work. Well, sure. <laughs> Not directly. Sometimes you would, sometimes you wouldn't. You I do. certainly you just don't realize it. It's the way you, you don't realize things. it. Yeah. Not like, you know, uh, 10 apples and five oranges and all those things. So you, you don't <laughs> do it in, in that kind of setting. But you're learning how to maneuver, uh, how to understand a problem, uh, how, mm. to, how to see what's there, and going about it. a process, how to structure it, going about a process, uh, getting the right answer. That's 
very much similar to what I do now, except that it's not, right? In terms yeah, it's a different context. context, but it's the same yeah. process, right? No, and I 100% agree. Look, I'm I'm a person who, you know, I I, I do believe in the value of education, and uh, I think I learned a lot in in the formal education that I went through. Uh, I have two kids. I plan on encouraging them to go through the very formal education path. Now, not to say that they have to stay there, but I, I certainly got a lot of value out of it. To address the, the sort of the Elon Musks of the world, um, look, I'm not saying that, that, that going through formal education is the only path. Yeah. But I will say, from my own personal experience, I know a lot more people who got meaningful value out of formal education yeah. than people who tried to do it on their own and got meaningful value, right? Elon yeah. Musk is an example of, a, I, by the way, I'm not trying to hate on Elon Musk. I actually really like Elon I, Musk. I really but, like him. You know, yeah. uh, but having said that, he got really lucky, right? For lots of different reasons. And yeah. absolutely, you know, if you, if you, if, anything can happen, right? And then if you look back on that, I would argue rare scenario, you could say, wow, all of us should have taken that path. But we yeah. don't realize that it was just a, a, a random fluke, right? The process of going through formal education is much more likely to lead to success for any average random individual average that human comes being. into the, I think, right? There are yeah, these exceptional that, people. That's the key word. Mm -hmm. And I say exceptional not because I think, you know, maybe it's luck. And I look at that as being exceptional, right? It, it, you got exceptionally lucky. Maybe it's exceptionally intelligent. Either way. I think it's uh, a lot of these... hours of work and hard work for those people it, it, um, it could be lots of different things right a lot of different but, things yeah yeah but i'm just saying then to look at these exceptional people however we define exceptional and say wow that's the path i want to take that exceptional path look yeah. by definition not everyone can take the exceptional path right yeah formal education is a much more scalable process right a lot more people can be reasonably successful and get value out of, of the formal education path uh, and we see more but, people even more startup founders more the successful ones you see are 40 or above right um while there is a lot of attention to the young entrepreneur and that's you know a huge deal these days but when you look at the numbers and see how many of those are successful because you only see the successful ones right you don't see the right. the ones that have struggled or went through problems uh, only the younger, most successful ones are celebrated. And people think, man, that's the thing I, I need to do. I don't need to go to college because Zuckerberg dropped out, things like that. So there's a lot of uh, yeah. narrative that's anti-college and university. And I think for good reason, if you're, if, you're one of, if you're thinking about becoming a technology consultant, having a formal education is going to help you possibly yeah. more so than anything else i i agree as i said because of that selling process right the credentials the the getting you in the door it's particularly yeah. important because it happens so much more often in technology consulting yeah but i think the point that you raise is absolutely true that the way that formal education is structured with these small projects it's almost like the little puzzles yeah. that you're trying to solve yeah. right they're they're little pieces for both of those reasons i think formal education is absolutely crucial and the good thing about another good thing about technology consulting is that you don't have to have a license or a, an engineering degree or a computer science degree. Like I know people from uh, who've who've done degrees in psychology and physics and math, and mm. 
they are doing a great job because again it goes back to the point of transferable skills having those degrees would help people understand how to maneuver problems uh and if you know how to do that you can learn new skills you can learn the technology itself uh you and i know it you know we're doing new tools every other day so it's not about what we learned in college sure. we're going to do exactly the same thing and um that leads me to the next you know part of the discussion that i really wanted to bring in is talking about failure mm. how overrated is it or is it not cuz people glorify mm. failure now like you have to fail if you if you want to make it which is true but yeah is is there a fine line here some people there is, miss you i think um you know i think the fa- you know focusing on failure or not failure is maybe the red herring it's the the wrong thing but f- failure is the result of something that is probably good and what i mean by that is look in life all of us can take the the easy road right you know just sort of relax and not not try to do anything that's any that that i haven't done yesterday that's not challenging mm-hmm. right and in that scenario you're not likely going to fail right you've done it yeah. before right like the, the yeah. probability of failure is is low yeah. now when you are failing when you have a failure it's usually usually an indication that you tried to do something new right mm-hmm. because most of us if we've done it 3 4 10 times already we're not yeah. going to fail at it we're going to do the same it's going to it's going to work right it worked before why wouldn't it work again Ch- yeah. probability wise now are. so what failure tends to be an example uh, tends to be a product of trying something different right right now most of us other than those exceptional people we spoke about earlier the first time we do something it's not going to work necessarily it's not going to be as good as it could be in other words we're going to fail right now the most important thing is it's it's almost a cliche but it's absolutely true is what happens next or do you then shy away from trying new things or from trying that thing again that you just failed at so failure it may be flipping it on its head it's you actually if you you want to almost crave it right like if you fail at something try it again you'll you'll get better at it and if, and so on and so forth so i actually think that it requires confidence though right which uh is not really um beaten into us as as it should right but if we focus on having on not getting crushed uh by the failure failure is usually an indication that you're doing something that you're not sure you could do that you haven't been able to do successfully in the past and that since you're growing you're developing your skills now what you're failing at is important right um yeah. because if you're failing at something that isn't going to like you're going to that isn't going to give you joy or value or you know something something you know create something meaningful yeah. then that's a problem because you're you're you know you're growing the wrong thing right i almost look at it i don't know if you work out I used to but you know when sometimes people constantly like they always ignore leg day and they 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 say always work guys tend to work their arms shoulders and like yeah. chests but then they don't really work their legs and stuff 
same sort of thing, right? Like with failure, you don't want to just focus on your chest, right? You don't want to just do one thing. You got to, you know, try different things, you know, uh, try failing at different things and then keep trying and try keep improving. And uh, in that sense, failure is a, a sign of growth, right? Or an, of attempted growth, certainly. Uh, and in that sense, I think it's very much needed. It's absolutely essential if we're, unless we're going to stay static and tying it back to technology consulting, man, yeah. fail all the time, yeah. right? Because you're, you're learning new tools, you're learning new processes, you're dealing with new clients, you're dealing with new technology that's evolving very quickly. Uh, being very comfortable with failure and not looking at it as a bad thing, looking at it as though it's an opportunity for growth, of growth, sets you up very well in life, I think, and in particular within technology consulting. But uh, I, I feel that if you step into something new, Hmm. And already in the back of your mind, you're thinking, "There, you know, I'm probably going to fail." Is it the right mindset to start something? Shouldn't you be trying your hardest, learning and figuring out how to not fail, instead of glorifying failure and thinking, you know, failure failure is normal? So I think the time of it, timing of this is important as well. Like when you're stepping into something, you don't want to celebrate failure, but if it happens, it's okay. So the timing yeah. for me plays plays a role here. I, I think it's I think it's fair, right? You know, absolutely, I agree, right? You, you know, you don't, you know, um, <laughs> everything in moderation is a good thing, and failure, I guess, falls into that category, right? Like if you're constantly oh, definitely. failing at the same thing, yeah, that's not good, right? Yeah. Um, and and at the same time, it's not about glorifying failure. Like it'd be. The ideal is to do something new and not yeah. fail. That's actually the objective, yeah. right? Yeah. But I think that in this world, I find um, we oversimplify too much. Mm. Right? We look at things as though they're A and B or black and white or right or wrong, right? Yeah. And oftentimes we, and this is probably the root of all evil, right? And even with failure, I don't think it's right to frame it as good or bad. Too much of it, not enough of right. it, are right. bad. The extremes, right? If you look at this as a distribution, but somewhere in the middle, it's good, and it's yeah. you know thirty percent, sixty percent, close enough, same thing. It's inevitable. Right? It's going to happen. Not good, right? Sorry, go ahead. It's something that's it's something that's going to happen anyway. Um, so I think it's not something you look forward to. It's something that you look back and sort yeah. of learn from. I want to step back into consulting and link that to failure like i've had a few failures in two years of my consulting um with consulting it just trains you to fail it's been two years <laughs> Every, yeah, everyone's had uh, yeah it's... It's, i I've, I've tried to avoid it as much as i can and i think on, on a few instances i i dodged it a little so that, that's why i was thinking about it should i continuously look to avoid it especially in technology consulting do you remember any instance where you found oh man that in, in consulting what was the biggest like failure instance for you lots of examples of it I, you know um, and not just in the consulting phase of my career right but i'll focus just, in just on the career consulting. normally yeah but I'll, I'll give you something more more recent right that, that maybe ties into to consulting but but lots mm -hmm. lots of examples um, 
you know, I often find that the heart, this isn't necessarily going to be the same for all people, right? But maybe yeah. given my background, the hardest part within technology consulting for me is the, this is going to sound bad, but it, it, maybe it's, it's true. It's the client engagement portion, right? Right. Not so much the delivery work, the actual delivery of the product. There's an initial phase within technology consulting where you're working with the client and, and it's ongoing to constantly yep. stay connected, make sure that the puzzle piece that we're solving that we're solving for is what they're looking for. Right. Now, oftentimes the clients don't actually know what the puzzle piece should look like that they're asking yep. for. That's why they need help. That's why they need help because it's yep. not just that puzzle piece that's missing. Right. You know, the puzzle is looking a little little shaky too, right? Now, yeah. that process of um, communicating with them, getting them to see the, the vision of what the whole puzzle needs to look like, not just the mm -hmm. piece the piece of, uh, of the puzzle that they asked us to come in, that is, can, can at times be frustrating, right? Because some clients are great clients and they recognize that you have some expertise and they're willing to listen and, and move forward and, and uh, trust you. But like with all people, um, especially when you have a client sort of consultant or, you know, uh, there, there's a bit of a power dynamic there mm -hmm. that sometimes clients don't want to listen. They think they have it, right? Yeah. They know that that's what they want. Yeah. And you're looking at it and you're like, uh, three-wheeled car, yeah <laughs> i don't know man are you sure you yes i want a three-wheeled car it's like and you want the third wheel to be on the right hand side not even in the middle you want me to move it to the middle of the car exactly there no, no no right right on the right hand oh so the other corner won't have a wheel okay yeah do you want to and drive it honestly, or do you want to put it in a museum <laughs> right but, you know, not exactly that question, but I've had conversations with clients like that. And they're literally, no, no, put the wheel right there, exactly where the other wheel is in my other car. But your other car has four wheels. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't matter. Maybe it matters, right? But that conversation can at times be very frustrating, right? Because um, as a consultant, you always, and, and this is fine, it's, that's reasonable, but it's just, you always have to be very respectful of the client. And sometimes they make the wrong decision and you can't solve it. You can't tell them. Like in the end, it's their decision. They have to. Right. You can empower them and enable them as much as possible, but you can't make the decision for them. So once again, you do see people who make mistakes. Companies, businesses who make mistakes, who make the wrong choice because they're not willing to listen. But that your role as a consultant is just to consult, to help, right? To as you said. It's not yep. necessarily to make the decision. Um, and sometimes you see people make the wrong decision and that can be uh, frustrating. Now, tying that back to failure, at times I have not, I've fought really hard so that they didn't make that mistake. Um, and uh, you don't have to say got me in trouble, but yep. it kind of got me in trouble, right? And uh, it could, and, uh, yeah. it, it can, right? Um, and if you're really passionate about the solving the problem and the you know the, the solution, you you can get you know that frustration can can get to you, I guess. And uh, 
and it can lead to, to negative outcomes and uh, you know uh, and, and, and for consultants failing in large-scale projects it's risky right for their personal growth and their career so it would, is. You, would you call it one of the riskiest uh, occupations being like growing or climbing the corporate ladder as a consultant well, tying you're into what we were saying before, yeah, here's the thing. If, if, um, there's lots of opportunities to fail, right? Because as we said, yeah. you're, you're going from solve this little puzzle piece, move on to the next, move on to the next. Any one of those iterations are opportunities for failure right now. We're using the word failure in many different ways here, right? Yeah. Now, failure that you – catastrophic failure – is not good. And what I mean yeah. by catastrophic failure is that you don't even get the chance to do it again. You don't even get the chance to try again, right? You've destroyed yeah. the catastrophe. You've destroyed the thing that that you were working on. Yeah. Catastrophic failure is very, very bad in the world of consulting. And you get yeah. lots of opportunities, right? Because you're constantly working on new things. And catastrophic failure is is, is, is awful, right? Like you, you get one, two maybe three but it's probably two chances if yeah, not one yeah. right so you absolutely you have a lot more opportunity to you know opportunity to 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 fail catastrophically um because it's always a new client and you know they, it's not like they're going to give you the benefit of the doubt necessarily because they don't know that you've done amazing work for the last four years and now you've had yeah. one catastrophic failure but it's like Ooh, but four years of really great work i'm going to write yeah. this one off every interaction yeah. every engagement is new so in that sense, catastrophic failure, absolutely. But, you know, non-catastrophic, in other words, where you have the opportunity to to uh, right the wrong, to fix the issue, then less so, right? Um, yeah. But catastrophic failure, because there's no ability, there's no history there necessarily with that client to say, oh, wow, this is in fact a great person. This is in fact a great company. I'm going to write this one off. That Because that isn't there, it makes catastrophic failure much more impactful. Yeah, so from uh, the client's perspective, you're spending a lot of money relying on someone. Uh, and if it just fails totally, um, like you said, if you end up destroying something, your reputation and everything is just, it, it takes a hit, itself. right? Yeah. Normally, if, if you're not a consultant, if you're like a static engineer working in a company even if something catastrophic happens you still take ownership you mm. might get a few chances as a team not individuals individuals can be laid off and th those sure. sort of things but as a company you can always come together you can grow up you can come out of it uh, but with consulting it can be no no we're good <laughs> for sure right and, and even because as i said earlier because of that power dynamic something goes wrong catastrophically yeah. you know consulting consultants and consulting companies tends to be very easy scapegoats right mm -hmm. and so that that also um yeah plays a role as well right because um makes it easy for the for the client and you can't blame them right it, it is what it is but um that happens at times right um I don't think I've been a part of any any situations like that, right? Where it's you know where the entire 
um, relationship has gone sour. But I, I do know of situations, right, where colleagues of mine, at times, great colleagues, like people who yeah. had a history of doing excellent work, but then got caught in the wrong situation, uh, made a really big mistake. And well, that led yeah. to the, 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 you know, not only that person losing their job, but even the, the rest of the team kind of, uh, you know, that engagement ending and that, you know, sort of losing their job. Obviously, they went on to other roles uh, at times and other engagements, but, um, you know, it is impactful, very impactful. Absolutely. Um, if I'm if I'm starting off my career in technology consulting, what should my focus be if I want to feel like I'm doing a successful start to my career? Now, I have an opinion on that, but I should make clear that the start of my career was not in technology consulting, right? So I didn't but start. But you hire a lot of them, right? I do. I just wanted to, to make that yeah. point clear. I think I have a, a perspective on it that's mm -hmm. hopefully interesting, but it isn't lived experience, right? It's right. more yeah. from from what I've experienced in, in, in hiring them, working with them, and so on and so forth. Now, having said that, you know, um, diversity of work and experience is probably the thing that is the most likely to set someone up for success in technology consulting for a few reasons. One, you do need a lot of skills to be successful in technology consulting and diversity of work is going to give you opportunity to learn a lot of different skills whether it's different technology platforms or techniques best practices or and whatnot that's mm -hmm. one thing so if you get someone exposed to a lot of different things they're going to learn a lot they're going to learn to learn they're going to be comfortable in learning and that's going to set them up for success because that's the ticket that's the recipe that uh, constantly gets followed within technology consulting so now, that can be a little overwhelming at times, depending on your personality, because mm -hmm. you're going to get shifted around a lot, right? You're going yeah. to get lots of different projects, projects where you're learning, i.e. failing, right? Mm -hmm. uh, or failing that leads to learning, right? So you're going to feel like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Right? Because you... It's it's for a certain type of people. I feel I, th I you know consulting is not for everyone because if you're someone who doesn't like to change what they're doing, if you, you mm. like a certain direction that you want to take, be it data science, it's a very hot industry. If you want to be a data scientist, don't be a consultant. Um, be a data scientist. You can do data science work as a consultant. Doesn't mean you should do that if that's your only sure. focus. So your point about yeah. diversity is absolutely fair. You step in thinking, you know, I don't have any expectations about what kind of work, as long as it's under a certain domain, right? As long as it's technology and it does the job, your targets aren't going to be too different, right? Most clients want similar things. They want to achieve similar things with their uh, technology-based solutions, but the process is always going to be different. So sure. stepping into it with that mindset is what you're looking for. And if someone's not comfortable with it, maybe they should, you know, think hard about stepping into a t consulting job. I absolutely agree, right? And and I think that that is part of the that's part of the challenge. It's a bit of a, a filter, right? Uh, that yeah. consulting places on um, 
you know, that, that's naturally in the process to kind of weed people out that maybe aren't going to be a good fit because, you know, you get better at that. You get better at sort of learning how to um, deal with change and, and learn things quickly and uh, zero in on the parts that are particularly relevant as opposed to doing like a full scan of everything in detail. Yeah. Yeah. But um, getting opportunities to do that, and that's where the diversity of work comes in, is probably the most important initial phase for a consultant. Um, Can we talk about diversity of work, like from the skills perspective? Like you want to be, as a technology consultant, you want to be good at certain hard skills. That's what we call it, or technical skills. Mm -hmm. But that's not it, right? You're you're constantly involved with clients. You're constantly involved with your own brand, right? So you're building a brand, yeah. like you said. There's a lot of human skills involved as well. For so sure. when you say diversity of skill, can you talk about how that is split up in terms of what the profile should be for a person? To be, to be a successful consultant, absolutely. Uh, you know, the, the hard skills, the, the, the technology skills I won't focus in on, but absolutely that's a big part of, of what you need to have. And oftentimes, oftentimes you can get that to a great extent, uh, mm -hmm. as part of your education, right? Your formal education can yep. at least prepare you for that. But the soft skills that are often needed, um, is, you know, it's not, it's very, very uncommon that the puzzle piece that we've been talking about that the clients are asking you to build are being built by one person. It's often a team, yep. right? a team of, of people uh, at different seniority levels and so on and so forth, different skill sets that are coming together to build that puzzle piece. So it's massive amount of teamwork, right? And it's group work, which by the way, mm -hmm. you get a lot of practice in, 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 in most uh, formal education programs. Um, so learning how to work well with others, how to, learning how to collaborate, learning how to get value from others so that what you deliver builds on others versus just being different. Mm -hmm. So much of, uh, of success in life comes from building on top of what was done before and building on top of what you've been given versus right. just building it again, right? You don't want to reinvent the wheel. And it, but in, in consulting, that's particularly important because it's such a collaborative exercise. You're not working individually or, you know, as a, as a, as an individual contributor. Um, so that collaboration, uh, which by the way, if you think about how that actually works, it's a lot of communication, right? Yeah. Communicating effectively, um, listening to others, uh, you know, intently as opposed to just a debate where you're just looking for an opportunity to counterattack. Right, yeah. uh, really listening to your your teammates, your clients, uh, and um, then doing better, like building on top of what's already there, versus just sort of, oh, I don't like that way. I'm going to go do it this way. Yeah. And then, yeah. okay, but now we're back to where we were six hours ago, and and we now have two versions of what we don't need. Right. What we actually need is this other thing. Um, so communication is absolutely essential. Group work is absolutely essential. In other words, if you like working by yourself. Uh, and you're mm -hmm. like being an individual contributor, um, consulting is going to be, I mean, yeah. enough to say can't happen, but you not know, that it's, you're going to do a bad job at what you do. If you're a programmer, you're going to do excellent work. 
Right. But to be a successful consultant, it's just more than that, right? You want to be, sure. and you know this better because you know you've gone through the ladder, so to speak. So the people who go up the ladder are mostly the ones who can communicate more effectively. Hundred percent. And hence the MBA or those kind of uh, uh, areas that you mentioned, they they come in Absolutely. handy sometimes. And the non-hard skills become more important the higher you move up the ladder, the more seniority exactly. you get in the organization, right? Yeah. As opposed you, you to maybe other torch. industries where, yeah. yeah. Right now you're overseeing, you're communicating, you're doing a lot more client engagement mm -hmm. and, and uh, you know, just, uh, it, it's, it's more about communication. It's more about the soft skills, which by the way, can be a challenge. It also ties back to maybe our early, another example of where maybe I failed in the past it's been not effectively realizing that um, transitioning from being a um, someone who's actually delivering work to someone who is now overseeing the delivery of the work. Now, what I mean by mm -hmm. that is, um, look, maybe you, you know, I'm I'm confident in myself. Imagine that I think I can do something in an hour, right? Mm -hmm. Fine. Now, I might have someone on my team, two people, right? And maybe they're not going to do it in an hour, right? Maybe they'll do yeah. it in an hour and a half. When you think about that, you're like, well, I might as well do it. I'm going to do mm -hmm. it in an hour. They're going to do it in an hour and a half, right? But we don't, what you don't realize is that there's actually, even even if there's only one other person, your challenge as a, as a senior consultant, as a senior person in general is, let them do it in an hour and a half. Work yep. with them so that they can get it down to an hour in time. Mm -hmm. But here's the key thing. Find something productive to do in that hour that you're not going to spend doing that so that you can create value. Now you have a lot more happening, a lot more value being created. And so oftentimes as you move up in seniority, it's all about, okay, not so much doing, but how do I make progress? In other words, if someone can be working on something and they're making progress, let them do it, work with them so that they can be as efficient as they can be but then also find something valuable for you to do, right? As you move up in seniority, you have to figure out those tasks, both for yourself mm -hmm. and the team. Um, and if you're head down working on something, even though you're going to do it in an hour, that hour is also the opportunity cost of that hour is high, right? You're not planning. You're not thinking about how to do the next, next thing. Uh, right. And in that sense, um, it can be very helpful to so delegate. So perfect advice perfect advice for someone who wants to start out in this field is to have some rounded skills or to, or if you're to one of those, them. wants to acquire them. If you're one yeah, of those even if you don't thinks, have it, but you, you think yeah. you want to acquire it, then this is a good field maybe to go into because you'll, to be successful, you'll, you'll need that. Yeah, I 100% agree with what you're saying in terms of the, the broad set of skills. I'll, I'll add a little bit and I'll say that sometimes people may not just to restate something I said earlier, but I think it's important. It's not so much about having those skills already, but it is about maybe wanting to get them, right? And then mm -hmm. if you want to get not just not just develop your hard technical skills, but a broader set of skills, consulting is probably a good a good a good space for you. The other thing that I'll say is that um, technology consulting, especially early on in a person's career. We haven't talked about something that I think is very important, which is the we have time. We can talk about it. Well, you know, if, <laughs> fine. You know, we'll we'll see where it takes us. But which is around 
a network of people that you know. So much of my success in my career has been due to my network. So much of the value of the formal education that I have is not so much about the hard skills, but it is about the network I've developed. The people that I went to school with, be it an undergrad or master's or whatever, um, so many of them are people that I can rely on for almost anything these days. And that, that network is very valuable. And going beyond that, partially because you get so many opportunities to do things, to try different things in consulting, you do build a really cool network. Yeah. And that's an asset. And uh, oftentimes people don't recognize that, um, but there is a, a real benefit in consulting of getting exposed to lots more people than you would on average in industry, just the nature of the job and of working mm -hmm. in so many different places. And that network is very valuable. That exposure, like you may not know what you wanna do, right, initially. And consulting can be a great way to expose you to a lot of different things and then to make a decision. So in other words, the closing thought maybe is that, um, if it is the closing thought, is that uh, sometimes if you don't know what you want to do in terms of your career, you know you have some skills, but you're not sure exactly how to apply them or where you want mm -hmm. to apply them. Consulting, technology consulting, can be a really good place to start Absolutely. because you're going to be exposed to, to lots of different things. And yeah. if you learn from them, which you, you, you should, you'll you'll get a better sense of what you want to do and then lots of people go back and forth from consulting to industry and industry back to consulting so don't look at it as though it's a final decision right it's not the same as saying hey i'm going to become a doctor and th yeah. and then it's hard to become you know an engineer later like it's a yeah. lot of work yeah. consulting isn't is a bit more flexible and in that sense attractive to more people because you know you're not uh, um, pigeonholing yourself uh, too soon. Absolutely. I think I can totally relate to that because I was one of those graduates who had little idea about the specifics of what I wanted to do. I did like right. the idea of solving problems and working with people and to the point of having human skills versus hard skills. I wanted to balance them out. So I think consulting can be a great gateway for people like uh, myself or the people like you were trying to explain who want to who want to learn about what are the options you know who want to taste it so it's it's kind of a good way to step into the industry and just and just taste it all right okay. uh so this was technology consulting and thanks a lot marcos for being here uh this was a truly truly amazing experience and i learned a lot and i'm sure whoever's listening had a great time um thank you so much for doing this my pleasure always a pleasure to chat with you and uh let's do it again sometime <laughs> Well then, thank you for tuning in and listening to this podcast. You know, it's only the first season, but I want to thank all of you out there who have been listening and giving me their feedback, comments, and reviews all over the social media. I just want to say I'm extremely grateful and humbled by your feedback, and I really appreciate the support.